What's going on, outsiders? Take it. it. It's a. It's the. What are you doing? Oh, bud? I thought I, I, I thought we were gonna groove. You said you're gonna improv and the theme. I was so into the theme. I was like ready to roll on that. I'm talking like our pre-ritual dance off that we do. Oh, not for the introduction. Hello, outsiders. <laughs> Welcome to Outside the Mic. It's a podcast where we banter all matters music. Mostly we do. I'm Jared Weimer. I'm Martin Meyer. Another day in the life of you and I, my friend. Wow. That's a, that's our book, our memoirs. It is. Memoirs. When are we writing that? Mm, starting night now. <laughs> starting night now. Not night now. We're going to write our <laughs> memoirs right now. Feeling a little goofy today, Jared. Yeah. It's a, it's a hot day here in South Dakota. It is not inside the OTM studio. It's not though, but uh, no. But you can. It's, it's like I think your body. I don't know. There's no science behind this, but it's like you may be in a cool room, but your body knows that it's really hot outside. <laughs> oh, this is a theory now. Does that make? Yeah, <laughs> it is only a theory. You're in a cold room, but your body knows it's hot outside. Right. I don't know. I guess it's that not that. One. It's only 75 degrees. It's but we've had some 90 weather. degree weather this week. I saw a post from a relative of mine who lives in Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, geez. And it said 103. Oh, man. In North Dakota. Yeah. Wow. That was not today. That was the other day. But uh, yeah. that, And that's humidity. If you've ever been to Fargo, Ooh. it can be pretty humid there. I've never so. been to Fargo. Watch the movie, though. You did. Is that anything alike? Is it anything alike? That didn't come out right. <laughs> is it like, is the movie, let me back up. <clears throat> yeah. Is the movie at all comparable to how it is living in Fargo, North Dakota? I believe it probably is being I'm from Eastern South Dakota in Aberdeen. We had weather that was similar. Fargo's just north of us, very hot, oh. very humid. But I think yeah. that was obviously very Hollywood stereotyped. I know a lot of people from Fargo said, we don't talk like that. No, I didn't even know the, the accent now. Yeah. Like, By golly, we don't talk like that Oh, gee. Here. Oh, gee. Oh, we don't gee. talk like that. Oh, gee. Boy, yeah. George. Is it reasonable? Isn't it reasonable? Yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's talking about the food place. Is it reasonable? Uh, you know, we would have just been getting done with my drum solar. Solar. <laughs> Your drum solar? <laughs> drum solar. What's going on? Generating some power <laughs> by your drum line? We once again are not in early morning like we wanted to do. We found that that was our sweet spot. And then the last three weeks, we haven't used our sweet spot. When you're in the midst stuff. of summer, things yeah. just come up. You're, people are busy. We're busy peeps We are when, it, when it's nice out. We are busy peeps. So we and, have to fit it in yeah. wherever we can. So we're, we're yeah. actually recording the day before release. Oh, my gosh. Which is a no-no. That is kind of a no-no, Yeah, but we're going to make it a yes-yes. <laughs> it's a yes-yes today here <laughs> in OTM. It is. It's a yes-yes. We've got Google Girl on deck. Uh, she just went out to get a cup of coffee. She's probably going to be back in here momentarily. Give me a little back rub. Sharon. Don't forget Sharon. Sharon. She has been located. We have located Sharon. She's not interested in coming back to work, though. She's, she's hanging out in the archives. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Not interested in coming back to work. So this is episode number nine for season three, Jeez. folks. We want a big shout out. We've kind of, you know, we used to do something called Outsider Spotlight. That's right. Remember that? Once upon a time. We'll cue it right now. When yeah. We'll come in. Da, 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 da. Right there. And we were talking about all the people that were, uh, especially locally, folks that were helping us out. And we're going to have to do that when we wrap up this season again. We have not... Well, you know what? It's interesting, and I don't know if that's partly the the whole platform thing again, because it seemed like with SoundCloud, uh, we were occasionally getting um, some comments and feedback a little more often. I'm not sure. Yeah. What do you think? You know what? Since we moved over to Podbean, I like the platform. They're great to us. Mm -hmm. But I think they require people to create an account and all of that. Mm. And I think maybe that's where sometimes you can lose people. If you want to leave a comment or something, you can't just go beep, beep, beep. Yeah. You got to make an account. Yeah. And I don't remember if that was how it was for SoundCloud. But. Well, either way, I think maybe it was just at first we were so excited to have, you know, all those those dedicated 12 listeners that we talked about. That's right. <laughs> but now we're, now but we're, uh, those 12 are still with us. And I hope still so. still cooking out some yeah. episodes. Yeah. Do you say episodes or do you say episodes? Yeah, really? Which one is Does it? anybody say episodes? I think there's probably somebody out there that says episodes. I think just you say episodes. episodes. Jared, tell me how you say this word. Do you know if you get anesthetized in a hospital? You know? Do you know that word? Do I know, Have the, I been anesthetized in the hospital? No. Anesthetized. Anesthetized. I'm sorry, anesthetized. The ties. This is a very hard word for me what for some reason. Saying? Are you just messing with me? I'm just going to see if you can even say it. It's spelled E A N E S T H E. So it's N S and then the, the like T H E, and then TIST, T I S T. N S, the to side. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, I, I was checking it out because I've been having trouble. That's one of the businesses that my wife, uh, with their certified nurse, who do this. I can't even say the word now, right. but I've been mispronouncing it. So I want to see what Google girl, Google girl said, and she says it even different. Listen, anesthetist. She says, anesthetist. That's like a deed. The dist. A methodist went and got an anesthetist. Oh and God. It, it me. <laughs> what does that mean now? And an anesthetist, which is the way I would think it would be pronounced. Oh, somebody there's who goes a dude, in. There's a dude that does this. What yeah, is it? People who put you under when you're going to go into surgery. That's an anesthesiologist. Why are we trying to make this complicated here, folks? Well, okay, you the now sleepy that's, night -night that's pills. a whole other angle on it. So anesthesiologist. Anesthesiologist, we can say that. Oh, boy, we're getting way, way off track here. But Outside the medical industry here on, I guess, OTM, that would still be good. I don't think there's such a thing as an anesthesiologist. There's anesthesiology. But they're called an anesthetist. An anesthesiologist? I'm pretty sure there is. Well, how come that doesn't come up here on Google well, Girl then, Jared? Listen, that's an and that's a valid point because I do not know more than Google Girl. Ology comes up, anesthesiology, but there's nothing in here that comes up when I type anesthesiologist. So he's an what is he called? Anesthetist? <laughs> uh, anesthetist. Or as I'm Google Girl says try. it, anesthetist. 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 A Methodist. Anesthetist. Just stick your tongue out and, and open your mouth it's, and you'll get it. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of like, my mom's one, I'm a pilot. Yep. Remember that Excuse one? Excuse me? <laughs> this is a PG podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of which, this is a podcast. I guess we should get on with it. Onward. Onward and upward. Onward Red and upward. Way and too much fun. On this day in music. 
Drum solo. Just kidding. Let's see. We're looking at June 7th. I'm going to start here. This is where I'm going to start. June 7th, 1969. We're looking at the British supergroup Blind Faith. Ever heard of them? I have heard of Blind Faith. Featuring, I can't say I'm familiar with them. Featuring Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, Rick oh. Gretsch, and Steve Winwood made their live debut at a free concert in London's Hyde Park. Their only album release provoked controversy because the cover featured a topless pubescent girl ooh, holding a silver spaceship, which some perceived as a phallic symbol. What? Phallic symbol. The U.S. record company issued it with an alternative cover, which showed a photograph of the band on the front. Uh, on the front, rumors about the girl's relationship to the band fueled the controversy. Among them were that she was a groupie kept as a slave by the band members. Oh my God, that took a turn <laughs> for the worst. Good lord. <clears throat> Good lord. Well, I gotta look this up because not that. <laughs> no. It's I not just, wise I can't to believe... have a topless pubescent girl. No, I mean, why would you even be able to release an album that had a topless? Why would you want to? Girl? I mean, you're you, that's just that's not good. No, but, and it's, so I'm wondering if it's it, it must have gotten pulled from the shelves and they did another. I remember this. You remember the cover? I remember this. This was crazy because I do recall looking at that and thinking, how are they allowed? To do that. To do this, because that was on the LP rack oh, when I was geez. a kid. What year was it? 1969. 1969. So they had, uh, Supergroup had no name until they saw the cover art for their album, which photographer Bob Seidenman called Blind Faith, an 11-year-old girl with her shirt off, her, in her innocence, in counterpoint to the technological toy in her hands, which looks like it's a some kind of a jet airplane. Uh, model Mariora Goshen says that she was promised a horse for posing for the cover. Oh my god! And had to settle for forty pounds sterling. In the United States, the image of a topless tween provoked outrage. Yeah, yeah. Although not as much as it probably would today. So the record company also offered a version with a picture of the band. I don't know. I disagree with that. I feel like it'd even be worse today. That's what they're saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's yeah, what they're, they're saying. saying it would be. Which you know it. Yeah, we could get off on the whole thing about the whole nudity issue, but uh, there's been some fairly provocative album covers over time. Right. I remember the the Ohio players, I think. They always had some half new girl. On well, whatever, and but. look at, I mean, and she wasn't underage, but look at like the, the, the hip-hop artist Lizzo. Okay. She's the one that she just essentially just sat butt naked on her front for her cover of her thing of her, I can't even talk this is such an awkward yeah. conversation but <laughs> did you say butt naked? butt naked isn't it buck naked isn't that the term Jared? listen okay this is a good thing for us to talk about real quick <clears throat> I often get those little lines wrong those little phrases I used to say nip it in the butt yeah so nip it in the bud and then butt naked. But, but it makes sense. You're going to nip something in the butt. You're going to like spank it. We did that before. We talked about, did we talk the about nip this? it in the butt one. Yeah, that's, okay. that's ringing a bell. But look at this. Origin of buck naked versus butt naked. Okay. Others feel that the buck referred to buckskin, the skin of a male deer, an animal often found in a nude state. Yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> or that it came from the word... The word sense meaning a male American Indian or African American. This sense of buck is considered offensive. We are then, covering all of the boy, topics boy, today. We're just all over. <laughs> it says which is correct, buck, buck naked or butt naked. Um, and it doesn't give me the answer yet here. But 
You weren't done with Blind Faith, were you? I got so excited about it. No, it's done. We're, oh, it's, it's done. over. It's it's over. Done and gone. Uh, but are buck naked both refer to a completely naked, or do they? Where the phrase comes from, I have no idea, but that would be of interest. This is a phrase I'm too afraid to Google. And blah, blah, blah. So I think it's, there you go, Jarrett. Some people say buck and some say butt. Yeah. So so I'm not entirely wrong this time. Well, if I did some more research, I could probably prove I'm you wrong. sure you could <laughs> prove me wrong. Let's move on. Also, right. June 7th, 1969, Bob Dylan and jo- Joni Mitchell both appeared on the first ABC television Johnny Cash show from Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Dylan saying, I threw it all away and living the blues and duetted with Johnny Cash on Girl from the North Country. Oh, Girl from the North Country is my favorite. I can't say it's my favorite song of all time because that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. But from that era, Girl from Especially the North Country the you're is. Talking today. <laughs> <laughs> Martin. I've, I don't think I've ever heard the song. You've never heard Girl from the North Country? Just pull it up. Just play. I'll, yeah, I'll, add, I'll ramble here for a second. You ramble. You pull away. it up. We got to listen to just a second of Girl from the North Country. The contrast between Bob Dylan's voice and Johnny Cash's voice in the song is yeah. so cool. And they're both just singing about this girl from the North. I don't even know really the storyline, okay. but just the the melodic, I guess the melody is also really soothing to me. Pretty huh. standard chords too. Yeah. I think it's like a, a one, six, I don't know, one, six, four, one kind of thing. I'm, I could be wrong, but. I'll see if you're right. Oh my gosh. It is a, it is a great song and the two together and because they're so different too, Johnny Cash was kind of that man in black country guy. Bob Dylan was kind of that angst, folky, you know, really known for his lyrics. I don't know. It just worked. So you said this was, it was at the Ryman. It was at the Ryman in Nashville. But what, it was the first what? Johnny Cash show. Oh, is his first show? Yep. Ever. Well, there was, used to be a show called Johnny Cash, the Johnny Cash show. Remember that? Oh, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Aired on ABC. And it was filmed, this one, I guess, was filmed at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Okay, here we go. To the North Country Fair Where the winds in heaven On the borderline I don't think this is, hold on, I don't think this is Bob Dylan. It says Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, girl from the North Country. Ma- no. Listen to Johnny no, this is find a different version. Sounds like a karaoke version. That, yeah, that singers. was a, that sounded that mm, some dude in his bathtub. That's it's what that was. Kind of funny that it sounds karaoke because I've got something for you here later. Uh-oh. Speaking of karaoke, it says here Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash performed "The Girl from the North Country" from the Johnny Cash Show. Yeah. So maybe it's because it's live. Let's see if that one's different than the actual pre-recorded version. Whoops. Yeah, try this. That'll We're be gonna good. Skip ahead here. If you're oh yeah. There we go. They skipped ahead. To one who lives there. Oh, they keep skipping. They're skipping it, huh? One, but I've not. Oh, it's heard you. Anybody get a chance? Listen, I'm sure you know a lot of the the OTM, a lot of the outsiders. You guys have heard this before. It is a, it is just a phenomenal song. I can't say more more about it. My wife and I we love that song. Okay, let me listen. And I'm a big up. Johnny Cash guy. You are a big Johnny Cash guy. Yeah. I'm, I've always said that. Ooh, this could be good. This is the studio version. 
easy for me. Oh, bitter hairs hanging down. <laughs> You're getting pretty excited over I'm there. I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. That's crazy that I have not heard oh. this song. You, and you, being a lyric, a lover of lyrics, yeah, you've got to, you've got to. I'm gonna check it out. Now. What I'm you got to do lyrics. is you need to get get got on that. Get got, <clears throat> get yes. got, get down, get that. Get got, get, get down, get down on get it. Get down with with a little bit of that. I could never do Johnny Cash. I don't just don't have it. People always say, "Who's Jared?" And I said, "You know him. He's that big Johnny Cash guy." I'm Johnny Cash. A really big John Cash. Really guy. big. Yeah. Too big for my britches. And here yet we, go. we have not done a Johnny Cash story here on OTM. What's up with that, Jared? Oh. So. I just assume that everybody knows the story of Johnny Cash, but I guess that's, well, I've got a little Johnny Cash thing. Oh, do you? Can not? I share a little Johnny Cash thing? I mean, I'm totally screwing up the flow. Oh, that's of, what we're all about, That's brother. what we do here. Okay, yeah. so I was scrolling Facebook. Yeah. And this picture of Johnny Cash and his first wife, Vivian, popped up. Vivian, that's my mother's name. Oh, wow. Uh, on my newsfeed, and it had a little bit of a tidbit about this. And I just thought, wow, I did not know this about him. And I don't think many people did. Do. <laughs> did or do. Did, do, thought. So, like I said, it's a picture of Johnny and Vivian together. They're, they're pretty young. And the caption just says, Did you know country music icon Johnny Cash's first wife was the granddaughter of black African slaves? This picture caused such an uproar from his fans and the KKK, which at that time was pretty Ugh. prevalent, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, as his wife appeared to be black and interracial marriages were illegal in Tennessee at the time. Illegal. Ugh. Good Lord. So Cash had to publicly say, my wife is not a, I'm not going to say the word, woman, uh, which was a lie. She came, she was. Uh, he claimed she was Italian, but to protect her and his family, mm -hmm. and, and so they could stay in Tennessee, he did that in front of, you know, publicly. DNA of Cash and his wife's Vivian's daughter approved that the, bl the black bloodline. This was never mentioned in the movie of his life, which is true. Picture. Yeah, me. see this picture. And she's beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. Very beautiful. And, and he's how long absolutely were they? beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know you're like more Johnny attracted Sarge. to Johnny, but what how long were they married? Um I wanna say I see and I don't have the knowledge that I don't have the knowledge. I don't have all the facts. <laughs> we know that. I don't have the knowledge. Um I wanna say they were married. Well, they were married when he kinda of got big and then once he met June, I think that's when it I guess I don't have it. You could look it up. I'm curious, and, and it wasn't. She wasn't even mentioned in the. No, the she movie? was mentioned in the movie. Oh, that's the okay. bad thing. Vivian was actually super supportive of Johnny and his career. In the movie, they kind of portrayed her as like being selfish. Yeah, I remember that. He now. needed to stay yeah. home more, and I remember Vivian's family were a little upset how she was portrayed. Yeah. Well, and she's still no, she's not. She's not. No, no. So, well, but even though she was a character uh, from his life in the movie, did they talk about the racial no. problems or anything? No, that, like that was never. Okay. That was never mentioned in the movie. Interesting. And in fact, they, the actor, the actor, the actress that portrays Vivian, yeah, is is white. You know, she's a white actress. Oh. That's so it, a little weird. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do a good job on Vivian. They did no, not do a good job no. portraying Vivian. Um, 
why would you have done that instead of just touching upon some of the reality? But that's not like well, and I mean they they dove so heavily into. I mean, we're getting way off topic here, but they dove so heavily in heavily into his drug, yeah, you know, problems. Yeah. So they definitely had no problem going dark in the movie. Yeah. And getting serious. Mm-hmm. So to talk about some of this, I, I don't know. I don't think Vivian got enough credit in my book. But I do love June. I'm not going to say I don't love June Carter. But could, could you please, if I paid you $5, would you say I don't love June Carter? No. It'd be, I, I, could, I wouldn't Ten say bucks. that for $5. Keep okay, going. I'll give you a big grill. This big cowboy grill <laughs> thing. You know? <laughs> that. Oh, kind of like the one I gave you for your birthday? Let's not go there now. Really going to take too now. long, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. All right. Say, you know, you never know where the history today and this music rock legendary time. Dot com. You <laughs> never know where it's going to go. Let's keep going on. Let's go June 7th, 1975. June. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, Elton John's ninth studio album, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboys, went to number one on the U.S. album chart. The first album ever to enter the U.S. chart at number one, where it stayed for seven weeks. Captain Fantastic's, it, Cap, let me back up. Captain Fantastic is a concept album that gives an autobiographical glimpse at the struggles John, Captain Fantastic, and Toppin, Topin, Toppin, Toppin, no. the brown dirty cowboy, had in the early years of their musical careers in London. Oh, I get it, because they were partners. Yeah. Elton, yeah. Elton performed. Bernie wrote. The lyrics. Bernie wrote the lyrics. Yeah, right. and Elton wrote the songs, and Bernie wrote all the lyrics. So, wait, what year? Um, back up, 1975. In 75, he already had his ninth, ninth studio album. Yeah, that. I mean, he. I would not. Have he took over. That. I mean, he took he took it over, Elton John. Then there oh, was yeah. a, there was a whole era where he was he was it. And I bet he he was so prolific. He probably released at least every other year, if not every year. Oh, sure. And that's just what he released. Who knows how many songs, the catalog of songs that he's written Mm. or that they've written that never did. Yeah. Just watched a really good, uh, I might have mentioned that already, a documentary. Well, not, it wasn't the musical, The Rocket Man. It was more of an interview. Huh? I guess they would call it a documentary. I can't remember if it was on Netflix or whatever. But if I knew the title, I would let you know. But if you're scooting around looking for something interesting about music, there's a really great interview with him, and it was done pretty recently. And you said on Netflix? I think it's on Netflix. Okay, cool. So don't remember what it's called, though. Let's see. Moving on, we've got... uh, Let's do this one just because it's kind of cool to look at the, the price of these tickets here. June 7th, 1977, Led Zeppelin played the first of six sold-out nights at Madison Square Garden in New York City during their 11th and final North American tour. Playing a three-hour set, tickets cost $8.50 to $10 a ticket. Imagine being able to see Led Zeppelin for eight bucks. More Led Zeppelin on these things again. That's starting to become more. That's another one. That is. That's insane. Right, right. Look at what inflation has done to us. Yeah. Why am I paying a grand to go see the Eagles? I'm not. I would love to, but but I'm not. Well, and they say, but I don't think that's the case, that it keeps pace with, um, that salaries keep pace with inflation. But I don't know. It's kind of hard to imagine, doesn't it? It's It's such a fickle thing. You know, it just seems like when they when you get adequately compensated, then just the price of products and services goes up. So you're never going to get ahead. It's never going to be fair because the moment the moment homeboys getting paid a little extra, price of milk goes goes up. up. So, yeah, well, it's definitely it's 
Keep in pace with something. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's keep it's going in somebody's pocket. Sanity, I guess. So I'm just okay, I'm going to do this call one. There. I got a little distracted. <laughs> two more. I'm going to do two more, okay? All right. Can I do two more? Yeah, absolutely. This is a little more recent. June 7th, 2007, the funeral of guitar singer Bo Diddley took place in Gainesville, Florida. Many in attendance chanted, Hey, Bo Diddley, shortly after family members had passed by his coffin as a gospel band played Bo Diddley's music. At the service, they presented a floral tribute in the form of his trademark square guitar. He did that. He played on a square guitar. I remember that. And he he was uh, responsible, or I should say one, one of the, the pioneers of kind of the, the boom chucky rhythm guitar of everything. Okay. Uh, his one song, oh gosh, and I cannot remember it, but it was covered... I'll have to think about this. I'm, I'm going way off here, but uh, he just, because he, I think, originally didn't have a drummer, he would do a lot of rhythmic stuff on the guitar. Like the guitar oh. can actually be a very rhythmic, yeah, you know, you, we've talked about that, yeah. a very rhythmic instrument. Yeah. And he did a lot of chucking sound. That's all I can say. That's boom all I chucky. can drop. Yeah, boom chucky. Boom chucky. Maybe a Google girl could enlighten us on boom chucky. I don't know. So if you had a square guitar, was that a, that would have been... A handmade guitar. I want to say that he did. He just took like a, a, a basically a square of wood and made a guitar. I could be totally wrong. Most of the time, I am. <laughs> boom chuck strumming. There's Bo- something called boom, boom chuck strumming. Chuck there, you strumming. there you go. There's a there's a George Thorogood song that Bo Diddley did that Thorogood did later, and I cannot think of the name of the song. Does it can it does it pop up at all? No, I'm just like looking at this gal. She looks like she's an older gal teaching boom chucky, but I don't know. Let's see what see what's up. One, two, three, That's definitely not it. Pull up Bo Diddley. Let's just hear a little bit of Bo Diddley, can we? Definitely not it. Uh, little Bo Diddley. Do you have one more of those stories over there? But, yeah, uh, I got one more. I'll make this one quick. Okay. June seventh, two thousand ten. I'm good with that. Hold <laughs> down her dream. Eagles guitarist Joe Walsh was granted a restraining order against an elderly neighbor who allegedly threatened to kill him. The man was also ordered to pay more than $1,500 in legal fees. Really? So Joe Walsh had a little bit of a a stalker. Wow. That's crazy. And that was what year? 2010. Okay. Well, I'm glad that he got that taken care of. Yeah. Who do you love? How about that one? Maybe try that one, yeah. That's kind of dink, dink, dink. Yeah, George yes, Thorogood did that. That's it. Yeah, that is did. the song, though. So that's the Boom Chucky that we're talking okay, about. We're going to dive into that one here real quick. And I, did, I, I guess I'm familiar with the uh, George Thorogood yeah. version, but not as familiar with Bo Diddley's. Cool. He doesn't have a square guitar in that picture. Did he not? Yeah, I do remember that, especially Thorogood's version. But now I want to, I want to hear the rest of Bo Diddley's version. Ah, uh, Bo Diddley. I'm just a big fan of blues. He played some blues music. That was good. Yeah, he's been in one of them Sons of Distortion, possibly too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that's what I got for this day in music. You can check out more at thisdayinmusic.com. They also give uh, birthdays on the day. Huh. Again, that's thisdayinmusic.com. Hey. We're going to end up being a sponsor for them. That's right. Probably get some free Whether door they prizes. like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yikes. So what else you got today, Jay Ray? Well, it's kind of cool. We've got a little bit of a theme here as far as the era of music that we're talking about. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I originally was going to do a thing, and we might do it later. We were going to talk about musicians that tried out acting as well in films. But per my searching and perusing through the internet, I found this, and I thought we got to talk about this. So you're familiar with the song Louie Louie, right? I am familiar with the song Louie Louie. Oh, I don't even. So, we past that, know. can you do? You, can you think of any words, any lyrics? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we gotta go now. I got up to blame, blam, 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 blam. No words. No words coming to mind. Okay, That's so one of those that you know, you just sit there and you hum, and then you sing, right, right. Yeah. This song was originally written by Richard Berry in 1955, but was made famous. By a band called the Kingsmen. I remember that. That's band, the version yeah. that we all know and love. Richard um, Berry? Richard Berry is the writer of the song. Okay. But the Kingsmen are the ones that made it famous. I found an article on NPR and I'm just, I'm just going to read what they've got here because it's so well written. So it says, everyone knows the song or well parts of it. Mm-hmm. Louie Louie, oh baby, fine little girl, she waits for me. That's about all we could draw up. But the next line, how does it go again? Question mark. We don't know. The voice growling out those indecipherable lyrics belonged to Jack Eli, the lead singer of the Kingsman, who died, and it says this week at the age of 71, but that was May 2nd, 2015, when this article came out. He wasn't the only one belt out this song. There are hundreds of recordings of Louie Louie, which was written by, like I said, Richard Berry in 1955, but the Kingsman's 1963 version is the most famous, and it's famously hard to make out the words. So I'm just going to play... A little line from the verse here. Well, I can't play. I'm not plugged in. Can you pull up Louie Louie, the Kingsman version? The Kingsman version. It's of around Louis 28 Louis. seconds. Okay. The whole song? <laughs> <laughs> it's quick. You got to make sure you're ready to listen. Uh, no, start playing right around 28 seconds. That's oh, kind of when the verse starts. Oh, you, yeah, gotcha. I don't want to give too much away. We got to listen to it first. And then we'll, we'll go into what this whole story is about. Okay. I, it's funny because it makes sense that you couldn't make out the lyrics because I can't remember any of them. So, so it's right. more about the group. Right. Here we go. What the... Yeah, I had no clue what I was even trying to read his lips and I could not figure out. Yeah, and and the I don't go too far into it right now. I'm about to give it away. It doesn't matter. But the (laughs) lyrics, the published lyrics, if you listen, they don't actually quite line up with what he's saying. Really? If you really follow that. I was doing that earlier today. So that's what we just listened to. The Kingsman version, 1963. That was uh, what's what was that guy's name? I just said Jack Eli was singing. Okay. So got a cute little hat on. They got their suits. <laughs> exactly. Little yellow suits. It's famous for not being able to understand the words so much, in fact, that the ambiguous vocals made the recording the subject of a two-year-long FBI investigation. Oh, not one of those again. Yes. Oh boy. Yes. I'm gonna keep. Did they have the anything better to do with their time back then? Well, it's this like, is the 50s. Yeah. Ultra sensitive. Ultra clean. Oh yeah. Conservative. 
Those, those crazy rock and rollers were taking over the world. Right. So a gentleman who's, who is making a documentary about this song in 2015, so I don't know if it's out yet, but Eric Pridol, that's P-R-E-D-O-E-H-L, Pridol. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm going to call him Eric. I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, he, tells, he tells NPR Scott, uh, Scott Simon uh, that the investigation began after the FBI received letters from worried parents. Here's a quote. Kids would, they would hear these versions of the song and they would pass around these written notes of what they thought were the lyrics. And parents were concerned and they figured out, and they figured, my gosh, this sounds like a dirty song. I don't understand it. Maybe we should have an investigation of this sort of thing. So I can just I can just picture yeah. the little the little little bop mom wife. You uh-huh. know what I mean? They all looked the same back then. Bop mom. They're wife. on the corded phone. They dialed into the to the lady next door. Did you hear about little Jimmy? He brought home the new Kingsman record, and it is it's pornographic. <laughs> You've been working on that. I've been, been <laughs> thinking about what I was <laughs> going to do. The little mop, bop, mop. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the FBI tried to figure out whether the recording inserted vulgar variations on the published lyrics. So like, basically what it's saying there is what was saying doesn't quite ma- match up with what, the, what was published for the words. Mm-hmm. The process involved a lot of agents. Um, Robert Kennedy at the time, who was the, who was Robert, um, Robert Kennedy was the, he was an attorney, wasn't he? Attorney General, Mr. Robert F. Kennedy at that time. Okay. Um, let me scroll back down to where I was. So I'm going to run out and buy that 45 so I can listen. Exactly. Those kids are doing. So both Robert and J. Edgar Hoover received letters about about it and the governor of indiana got involved oh yeah jay see that that says a lot right there jay edgar, edgar hoover, hoover. Yeah, i mean exactly. talk about somebody who's a little bit uh <laughs> too excited about a lot of different things so exactly so yeah. the fbi looked at the recording and by looking at it they uh they played it backwards and forwards they played it at different speeds they spent a lot of time but they still could not figure out what the words they were still indecipherable at any speed they and say. they couldn't stop dancing and they couldn't and stop dancing died. so i went to i found a thing and i went to it's fbi.gov mm-hmm. and it is actually a copy of the official documents and the official investigation here wow and i want to scroll down to this was actually the letter that was sent into mr kennedy at the time from a quote unquote concerned parent here we go ready mm-hmm. dear mr kennedy oh you just already just in those three words you can just tell she's fired up <laughs> she's lit yeah. dear mr kennedy yeah that who do you turn to when your teenage daughter buys and brings home pornographic or obscene materials being sold along with objects directed and aimed at the teen's age market in every city village and record shop in the nation wow this is Louie Louie. This is just mm-hmm. talking about Louie Louie, okay? Mm-hmm. My daughter brought home a record of Louie Louie, and I, after reading that the record had been banned from being played on the air because it was obscene, proceeded to try to decipher the jumble of words. The lyrics are so filthy that I cannot enclose them in this letter. Oh my gosh, it's such a, According to her... That's what she's saying, yeah. Translation of this, okay. This record is on the... 
WAND label number 143. I, I want to say maybe that this is this is an insert from the investigation. Um, she carries on to say, I would like to see these people, the in quotation marks, the artists, the record company, and the promoters prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Oh my gosh. She's she, a Karen. I bet her name's Karen. Let's keep reading. Did she contain the lyrics? She, that she thinks she, she heard? She just, yeah, she's just deciphering what she thinks she heard. But they're not included in this. Just the pup? No, no, she doesn't include oh. them. She said, because remember she said they were too obscene to include in this letter. Oh, well, great. Then you don't even have to prove anything. Yeah. What you're, I, I would love to see what she thought she heard, to read what she thought she heard. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll go down further. Maybe we got something here. Okay. We all know there is obscene materials available for those who seek it. But when they start sneaking in this material in the guise of the latest teenage rock and roll hit record, these morons have gone too far. This land of ours is headed for an extreme state of moral... uh, What does it say? Moral decay. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's written so small. Uh, What with this record, the biggest hit movies, and the sex and violence exploited on TV. How can we stamp out this menace? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yours very truly. And then it blacks out the name. Wow. So here's a... Oh, I guess it does give a little lyrics what they think. I want to hear that. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I can read them. I'm just going to read and let's see what happens. I got to get closer. Oh, we can always bleep. We can always bleep. So... While you're looking at that, yes, I'm going to give you a little, I was skimming down on the YouTube, uh, the comments, and somebody said, FBI wasted 2.5 years investigating the dirty lyrics, yet didn't catch the drummer shouting F-U-C-K at around 52 seconds. Really? Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try to find that. Okay. So it says, here is, here's what they think the words had said. So... Louie, Louie, oh no, grab her way down low. And you repeat that line. Uh, And then it says, there is a fine little girl waiting for me. She is just a girl across the way. When I take her all alone, she's never the girl I lay at home. Okay. Okay, and then it goes into the chorus again. And then tonight at 10, I'll lay her again. We'll I'll lay her again. We'll beep your girl and by the way, and on that chair I'll lay her there. I don't hear these words when I'm listening to this song. This seems no. pretty extreme. I mean, these are Yeah. I don't know. I'll keep reading. Uh oh my gosh. I'm not gonna keep reading that line. Let's go down. Oh come no, on. No, it gets pretty bad. Okay, okay so okay. no, it gets pretty bad. Let's see. <laughs> this is fascinating. I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm just trying to it gets pretty bad. I won't go too far into it. Uh, somebody's well, pretty, pretty. I'm dying to listen deliberate. to this song a lot and try to see if I can. Just go ahead and play. I mean, play well, play the verse again if you can. Well, here I'm going to play the part where supposedly the drummer shouts. Oh yes, F-U-C-K let's first. do that. Yep. So this they said it was at 52 to 54 seconds. I'm coming in at 47. So we'll see if if we're right about that. Okay. Um, here we go. I heard something. I heard something, but it was a little after that. Do you I think? heard something. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna go back just a just a second here. I think it's not clear enough to decipher what he no. actually says, though. No, I'm gonna turn it up a little here. What do you think? I don't even. I don't hear. even hear the V or the F sound. I just hear ah. 
That's all I hear. Yeah, I think we're, this is what we're dealing with is, and this is probably what happened a lot with these kind of similar uh, cases and and uh, appeals from the public at the time was people were just hearing what they wanted to hear. Right. Are what they thought they were hearing. Right. So go ahead. Should we listen to the other chorus or verse? Or? Yeah, just play a little bit. Sure. Okay. You cannot, but I did. I did think he said "lay" in there somewhere. I did. Yeah, I did think. We'll have to look at what the published lyrics are. Ah, we'll see. Um, Scroll through. This gets pretty, pretty courtroomy talkish kind of thing here. (laughs) I mean, this is the official vault of legalese. Legalese, Jared. Legally, I'm not. But but otherwise known as courtroomy talking. Right. Exactly. Courtroomy talkish. So. Could you hear me chewing? The last thing I've got here is it says the two obscene enclosures, which were the lyrics that we were just reading, yeah. are being returned to the FBI laboratory for appropriate disposal, according to Bureau instructions. An extra copy of this report is being furnished to the Bureau for dis- dissemination to the Department of Justice as instructed by the Bureau. So sounds like they threw it out there, like can't can't figure it out. Well, it must have involved uh, questioning these guys at some point. I and I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could probably dig here and look. But that two would and a half time. years. That's the one comment said. Two and a half years you're spending investigating uh-huh. this. He further advised that, in as much as no one had been able to decipher the complete lyrics on the record, Louis Louis, he's stating no opinion as pertains to the record itself. So, they're saying it it they couldn't they couldn't pin it down. What did the band say? That's what I'm... There's got to have been an interview. Yeah, that's a good... We're going to have to do some follow-up on this one. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's just hard point, to read through the whole... It's all typed out. You know, it's like typed out on a typewriter. That's how it was typed out. On a typewriter. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. I'm going to look up Richard Berry really quick and then just see if with FBI, if there was a yeah um, opinion or something. That he made. I mean, they must have. You would have thought it would have been an open and shut. They said, no, here's the lyrics. This is the lyrics to the song. This is what they thought we said and cleared up. But maybe they, you know, maybe that was a clever way of. These guys are in for a rude awakening if they think that was bad. Because today's music, I feel like, has crossed that line and then some. Yeah. They never get away with it. And he just died, like you said. Well, he died Richard Berry in 2019. if If that's the same well, Richard no, this Barry, is Jack so. Eli was the was the singer of the of the Kingsman, and he died in 2015. Okay, okay, gotcha. Wow, that's pretty fascinating. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's one of those where you could certainly there would be room for some follow up, but maybe there isn't any, or maybe they just said this is a joke. Um, you know, we're not gonna yeah. cooperate with you because here's our lyrics and leave us alone. I don't know. Right. Um, if you could hear, I mean, if you could legibly hear what he's saying, that's one thing. But you can't even make out. It doesn't even sound like the words that they published. I mean, it. It's, cl- it's close. It's loosely close. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Best I could do that. I would be really wanting to do. I'm intrigued by the idea of 
listening with some really good headphones right. with a really good version of this song and then just see if there's any I don't know if I could possibly no. I cannot make it's up. It's all what interpretation. You yeah. You know? you, yeah. Your mind makes you it's just like misheard lyrics. Your mind can almost yeah. make you hear what you think it is. Well, it's kind of, yeah, it is like misheard lyrics because I've had that happen. In fact, <laughs> I have a quick one because I feel kind of stupid. It ended up being the title of the song. But when you have trouble with a misunderstood lyric, and then as soon as you know what it is, it's amazing how your brain works because after you know and you listen to it, you're like, well, yeah, okay. Of course I can hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's obvious. So yeah. I'm going to see if you can, if I don't show the title, what's that little noise? Did you hear that? Yeah, it's be, it sounds like it's coming from your computer. It, it might be coming from my computer here. I'm going to take a look. There's a John Cougar Mellencamp song. This was John Cougar back then. Okay. And if you don't, gosh, we're playing a lot of music on here today. I'm going to see if you can get, because what happened more, it was more about the, how entertained I was by this video. Uh-huh. I swear in 1981, John Cougar was trying to be Michael Jackson or something. Oh, you got, you're going to have to see this. But that's hilarious. if you don't look at the title, Jarrett, let me see if I can obscure the title and just watch him for a second. And if he comes around to the hook, see if you know what he's saying. Okay. Okay. It's going to be from my phone. So, oh, good. Because it gets rid of the title here now. You got to watch him dance in there. Yeah. As he's in his sweater, right? He kind of did like a half moonwalk for a second. I think I missed some of his best moves. Okay, here we come. So it's a chorus, so it's at the end of the chorus. Know what he said at the end? Um, I should have went back. I, I, that was a lot. YouTube's gonna <laughs> bounce us off on this one. For I, I mean, I don't even know the song, so it oh, you don't. Ain't even home by the night. See, I it's I, and the name of the song is "I Ain't Even Done with the Night." Oh, and I ain't close. even done. But I was like, I I had never looked it up. I didn't even realize it was the name of the song. I always uh, thought he said something like, "And I ain't even nowhere tonight." And I ain't even yeah, but. well, and even even in that that video you were showing, he kind of like got off the mic a little bit, you know. Yeah, he does what's his with John, that? John what, Cougar thing there. That? But how about them dance moves, though, huh? That was pretty in the in a sweater vest of all things. Yeah, and he's got all these pink dressed dancers behind him, and I'm really not. That was 1981 for huh. you there, but uh, that was 81. Yeah, gosh, yeah. I feel like just the setup of the video. I feel like it's it's earlier than that I, that's what the way I thought. he was dressing yeah. even yeah, when i first looked at it i was like i didn't know he was had been around that long because yeah, it looked yeah. like something from the 60s or 70s totally. actually so right. maybe he was going for that maybe he was going for that that's what he was going for that look so yeah wow so that's the louis louis so that's story it. now you all know louis louis and just how messed up it is yeah nobody ended according up in, to the karen of the 1950s yeah you know it's amazing i'm sure people are aware obviously who j edgar hoover was and uh, you know you, the older I get, the more frequently it seems that I hear some crazy uh, case that they were pursuing mm -hmm. because he just was, I mean, he was definitely, he was after, you know, that was the whole thing, I believe, with the movie industry and with yeah. artists and rock music and all of that. And 
you know, so you, that is, a, that is the era. And I mean, we could, like you said, we could get into this, but that was the era when big brother got a little too involved in everybody's, mm. in everybody's crap. Right. Uh, yeah. Am I right? Well, yeah. That's and, the then, big problem, and then right? people realize that later. And so I think, you know, we also have, right. we have a, a, perhaps that same sort of thing happening sometimes, Yeah. but people maybe don't realize it. And at some point in time, Somebody just referenced that. They said it took a while for people to realize, you know, what what J. Edgar Hoover really was. And then yeah. when they look back on it, they're kind of like, wow, did How that really happen? That? Yeah, yeah, did that really happen? So, right, right. There you go. Well, that's an episode here on Outside the Mic. Well, maybe. You got more? Wait, wait, well, how much time we got left, Jared? Um, well, I mean, we're doing good. You got something? I got a, just a fun little oh, thing. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't gonna, know. Yeah, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I was ready to call it quits. Okay. Yeah, you already be this done. Is interesting. Here. Okay. Because you ate some food and you're ready for a nap. I now. am a little That's ready for a nap. Is, I tell you. <clears throat> I was looking at just strange stories and I saw this and I thought it was pretty fascinating because you and I had actually talked about this song. You know, the song My Way. Frank, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. Elvis did, Elvis did it. Did it yeah. uh, I think it was written by Frank Sinatra. I bet. Uh, he actually, well, I'll, I'll mention a quote from him here a little bit later, but I saw this thing that said the My Way killings. And I'm like, what is that about? So apparently there was a uh, social phenomena in the Philippines known as the My Way killings. And it referred to a number of fatal disputes which arose due to the singing of the song My Way. What? Yeah, uh, in karaoke bars, which are known as videoki in the Philippines. Now I so. knew I know like cover bands and karaoke is super popular over there because that's where frontman of, of yes. Journey now. That's how he got discovered. Was he was just a cover band? He was in a cover band for Journey. But keep going. That's Sorry. exactly nuts. no. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. When I first started reading it, and I remembered, I can't think of his name now. Pat. Pacquio. Oh, gosh. Hold Pat, on. Pat Pacquio. No, that's it. No. no let, me, uh, let, me look, let me look it up. <laughs> so they say explanations for these uh, differ from the song being simply frequently sung. Arnell Pin, Pin, Pineda. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Arnell Pineda. I his last name. Arnell yeah. Pineda. Arnell. Yeah. That's how that. he got discovered. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Off of YouTube. So it is. It's very popular there. And a lot of uh, the explanation, there was, you know, several theories about it. But they said it's... Uh, they thought it was just because the nation has a lot of karaoke bars and some mm. of them are violent. Mm-hmm. And so it's are they said that be, they, they perceived the lyrics to be sort of aggressive and they are kind of a, they're sort of brash. You it know, makes the me, lyrics, but. Yeah, it, very much so, but it's like, I always thought it was like somebody at the end of their life reflecting like, hey, I've always done it my way. You know, that's how I made it through, doing it my way kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and, and uh, I don't know how that would be. Some of uh, what they talked about had to deal with people just being out of tune and people would get mad. And so you'd have, (laughs) so this is big, a big, big social thing, obviously in the Philip, in the Philippines. They take their karaoke serious over there. Yeah. It says they earn a lot of people were earning $2 a day could purchase time on a video machine for five pesos, about 10 cents in us currency. And so Filipinos who can afford to do often get private rooms at karaoke bars just to go and sing and perhaps record themselves, you know, as well. Yeah. Uh, Since January 16, 1998, about a half dozen incidents occurred in connection with strenuous complaints over the singing of the song My Way, prompting Filipino newspapers to name the phenomena the My Way Killings. Jeez. Uh, Attention to these killings peaked on May 29, 2007, when a 29-year-old karaoke singer was shot dead by a security guard 
at a bar in San Mateo Razia, or Razal. By the security. The guard had complained that the young man's rendition of My Way was off key, but the man refused to stop singing, prompting the guard to pull out a 38 caliber pistol and shoot the man dead. That's why practice is so important, folks. You never know when your last gig is your last gig. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Take a voice lesson. Oh, Uh, my gosh. It it could save your life. The music industry, it's a rough one. Yeah, so and apparently it happened in association with that song, not just in the Philippines, somewhere else too. But I thought it was interesting because if I can find that story, oh, darn it, I might have uh, looked up this YouTube thing and lost my quote from... Frank Sinatra. Let's see if I did can he find talk about it. He had a comment about the song, not about the killings as much as okay. about the song itself. Uh, let's see here. Gosh, Frank, he was a great one. He and I think I think between him and Elvis, I do prefer the Sinatra version. Well, and, and the fact that he wrote it. Yeah, I, right. I can't find it. I'm just going to sort of paraphrase. He said that it actually was not his favorite song. Really? And he later admitted he thought the lyrics were a little bit too, um, maybe too, I don't know, egotistical or bold egotistical, or something like that. Yeah. And he said, but it became so popular, he said, I couldn't like shake it off my shoe. It was just yeah. like it became a signature song for him as well. Right, so, right. Oh, yeah. man. Can you imagine that? Doing a song that, uh, or writing this song that's a hit, but you're like, eh, I don't really like it. I'd like to well, get rid I'm of sure it. That but it's making me tons of money, so I guess I'll just keep singing it uh, sting often said that about every breath you take or he, did, he didn't oh, he really? didn't dislike it so much as he just thought it was what did he call it his stalker song or something like stalker that. song yeah and out yeah. of all their songs i feel like that was the most poppy you know poppy hit song like you know what i mean yeah most of stings was really most of his stuff is like just really mm-hmm. intricate music and then that one was like mm-hmm. i think that was just an easy it was an easy hit, low hanging fruit, or something you want to call it. Well, and yet it was. If you li- if you really listen to it, when I revisit it, it I always find it fascinating because it is. We've talked about chord progressions, and there's yeah. thousands of songs. The original duet piano piece, heart and soul. That's a one six four five one oh, song, yeah. Yeah. and those are extremely popular songs. And every breath you take is a one six four five. Only they did such a. I, I've discovered that listening lately to some of Sting's stuff where he just does things where he switched it from starting on the one of the key to uh-huh. starting on a mode like on the three or the four or something. Sure. And then he also goes into the minor key on every breath you take. So he does his little when tricks. He, when, to is make that it when more he goes into the chorus? It's I think it's on the bridge. Okay, the bridge um, maybe. You see him Oh, no, no it's, it's is... since you're gone, I've been lost without a trace. Oh, I dream and okay. die. That's the bridge. Yeah. I can only see your face. face. Goes into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's his lyrics he's a, and he's a genius. He man. is. He's a freaking genius. He is. Even the stuff that I think is simple, and then I start to try to figure it out, and then I realize there's nothing like, about oh, okay. Sting that's simple. Yeah. No, yeah. it's his, it's his trick. So one more quick thing, and we'll yeah. close out on that. Uh, it did say that they thought it was. I guess this was a New York Times writer who I think was Filipino, said they thought it was the natural byproduct of the country's culture of violence, drinking, and machismo. Violent attacks occurred frequently in karaoke bars with fights often sparked over breaches of karaoke etiquette, such as laughing at other performers, performing the same song twice, or hogging the microphone. That was another big thing. So Karaoke etiquette. That Now that's... Geez. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, you hit the big times when you're doing thing. karaoke in the Philippines. So you and I are going to book a trip to the Philippines, go sing at no, a no. karaoke bar. No, 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 no. We may not come back. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Security guard might take us out. Uh, well, and obviously not everybody there is violent, and it actually worked it to his great advantage. Uh, uh, Panetta. Yeah. Panetta. Right. I forget his first name again already. Because now he's famous. Yeah. But yeah. that, yeah, he's an incredible singer. Too. Yeah. Love it. Love it, my brother. Right on, man. Well, hey, Outsiders. This is OTM for you. Another episode here on Season 3. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Again, this is a podcast where we banter all matters music. Most we do. Thanks for coming on and joining us once again. Make sure you check us out, OutsideTheMic.com, or all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Outside the mic. Outside the mic.